Hello, welcome to the uh, podcast. Hannah's about to spill her coffee. No, I'm not. <laughs> How was your New Year's? <laughs> welcome to the Small Button Podcast with me, Hannah. Me, Finn. And I'm trying not to spill coffee over myself because I've already ruined this jumper once. I was tempted to be like, and <laughs> and I'm Hannah's coffee, but it <laughs> might be a bit too much. Okay, you need to back from that mic slightly. Okay, I'm going to put the microphone back up on the uh, monitor because I feel like I'm too far, too close to them. Okay, anyway. that's better. Is that better? Yeah, um, that's better. You, you're no longer screaming in my ear. <laughs> I was going to do a metal band impression and I've realised that I don't know any metal bands, so that would have gone very, very well. Inaudible. And audible, yeah. Hello, <laughs> you. Anyway, in today's episode, we are remaking the remake episode because apparently someone didn't do a sound test. That someone also includes me. A sound test? What? Why would anyone want to do a sound test on a, on a mostly audio-based medium? You mean a completely based audio medium? That's exactly what I meant, yes. <laughs> so, uh, full disclosure, guys, uh, we recorded this podcast about a month ago, and um, you could hear me. You couldn't hear me. Hannah was, it was like Hannah was in a different room uh, with the door almost closed. It wasn't, it wasn't really listenable, shall we say? That's the word I've made up. Well, while Finn is inventing um, the English language again, as I uh, tend to do. As he tends to do. Um, yes, I could not repair the audio and it was just much easier to remake the episode. Which is kind of ironic considering this is the episode on remakes, reboots and remasters. So, uh, <laughs> it is. I almost, I had a joke then and it's completely left my brain. But I was going to do like, it's the uh, Soul Bottom Podcast Definitive Edition, uh, the Definitive. remaster of the remake featuring right, Knuckles. Think. I was going to say, you can say it's definitive. That's actually a really good fun, Finn, actually. That's a really good pun, actually. So, uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> I am the queen of puns. I keep my puns in a panet. Uh, I'm just waiting for the fanfare now. <laughs> hey. oh, I don't have that sound effect, but I don't one. And that's a future Hannah with... problem. Yeah, future Hannah could deal with that, if she even does. You'll find out when you're listening to this podcast now. Wherever you're listening to this, on the bus, at home on the way to school, on the way to work, on the toilets, as probably my husband will be doing. Uh, well, that's just concerning. You're welcome for that image, everyone. Anyway, as um, we previously mentioned, today we're going to be talking about uh, remasters, remakes and reboots in gaming. Yeah, like I said, um, I think it's probably best if we start off with a definition of what each of those things mean, because I do get used interchangeably, but there is a definition for each of them. So first of all, a remake is generally considered as a video game that's closely adapted from the earlier title, usually for the purpose of modernising the game with updated graphics, uh, newer hardware and gameplay uh, for the for a newer audience, basically. Uh, typically, a remake of such gameware... Uh, gameware, that makes sense. Of such game software... Hi, Ghost. You, have you ruined my definition by squeaking? He doesn't care, he just wants to play. He's trying to talk to you in Morse code. He is trying to talk to me in, in, Morse, in Morse code. It's okay, I'll forgive you. He's going to sit down now. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> as I was saying, typically a remake of such gaming software shares essentially the same game title, the same fundamental gameplay concepts, and the core story elements of the original game, although some aspects of the original game may have been changed. Yeah, definition. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Uh, well, but- a remaster tends to be more of a... Um, I'd say it's fundamentally the same game, but... Very lightly updated, ported. It might be enhanced in some way. Sometimes there's quality of life improvements. It's. Um, I wouldn't say the changes in a remaster are necessarily as drastic as a remake. I mean, for example, Resident Evil 2's remake is drastically different from its original 
game while still holding a lot of the same DNA. Exactly, yes. I, I would say that I've seen both footage of original Resident Evil 2 and a new remake version of it, and they look they look like two separate games, but obviously they're essentially they are the same game. They look distinctly different for their eras. Well, it's even a different um, camera angle. Exactly. The, the remake adopting a over-the-shoulder camera angle as opposed to the original's um, called... The fixed camera. Fixed the camera, thank you. Okay. There's my media degree showing, sorry. <laughs> Oh no, it's fine, I should uh, really remember that, but sometimes uh, words escape me. Exactly. No, it's fine. Everyone has those moments. <laughs> and then... Well, uh, go on. Of course there's reboots. Of course there's reboots, yeah. Which is more like... It's more of a complete like change. Like It's in the same, ser- in the same series, but most of the things that made the original game uh, popular or recognisable have been changed, um, and they've been conceptually altered for a new audience basically. So a good example of that would be the original XCOM and XCOM Enemies Within. So it's kind of like rebooted. It doesn't follow the same story. It's still the same area. It's still obviously sci-fi, but it's, the story is a completely different storyline to the original XCOM on PC. Probably a complete reset. Yeah, effectively. So take some of the characters, they might have more drastic redesign, reboot to a completely different timeline, new story, everything that um, all the previous game stories no longer apply. Basically, just like start fresh from the beginning, but still use some of the same concepts. Think Friday the Thirteenth uh, uh, Part Three, which was a completely different, sto- a completely different story, different characters, that sort of thing. But if it was a video game version of that, I still argue that's a sequel, but uh, we're not here to debate films. Ah, it's fine. I, I, I yeah, you know what, whatever. <laughs> I also I know from the Halloween episode you've barely watched any horror films. I'm trying to sprinkle a little bit of, ha- of horror into the podcast to impress you people that do actually like horror, even though I don't. So, next. Tut, tut. I would barely say it and I'm already losing it. Um... Welcome to the podcast where we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> do you want to start anyway. us off, Hannah? Yeah, I'll start us off. Um, I think it would make sense to start with uh, remakes since that's what we first mentioned. So, exactly. Trying to a good, good example of a remake that I like, recently enjoyed would be the Crash Insane trilogy and the Spire Reignited trilogy. Perfect, perfect examples. They are both amazing and they're very, they're packed full of nostalgia. And, and yeah, it just brings back everything that everyone likes about both those games and added upon it. Like, shushed it up a little bit. What I like is they're, because um, conceptually they are the same game, they play nearly the same, they, but they've added in things like actual full camera controls for Spyro. Exactly, yep. Instead of uh, pressing the L2 and R2 button to uh, rotate the camera, if anyone remembers doing that. I remember that being very, very difficult in uh, certain uh, levels where you had to do that. You have to do that and fiddle around with other buttons as well that you would normally use. Yeah, Yeah, full camera controls are always welcome. Well, obviously, it's graphically updated, there's a completely new art style. Although apparently the original game is kind of running somewhere underneath it because they essentially built on top of it. Yeah, I've heard about that. It's like it's running in tandem with the. <laughs> um, it's running in tandem. I can see you're very excited. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, um, it's running in tandem with its old software. A lot like um, like the famous example is obviously Half Life and Halo did that thing mm. where you press the button and it goes back to the original the original graphics. I wish more games did that. It's such a cool feature, isn't it? It is really cool because you. Obviously, you can play the game how it was originally intended. Yeah. You can see it with the new updated graphics, but also you can see quite how much of a change that it has been from the original 2 remake. Exactly. Another one, uh, just thought of another one uh, being uh, Monkey Island as well. 
being one where you can just flick the button and it goes mm. back from originals to newer graphics. Mm-hmm. I'm in no way drinking coffee. It's just a dramatic pause. Just dramatic pause, dramatic <laughs> pause. Yeah. I am being dramatic. No. <laughs> <laughs> dad always makes me a coffee before the podcast, so I feel it'd be uh, impolite not to drink it. Or the, uh, the dad stands in the um, audience. <clears throat> uh, very happy that we've mentioned Hannah's dad. He's become quite a celebrity on this podcast. Yes, yeah, so the merchandise will be out soon. <laughs> It'll just be uh, Hannah's dad's face and us in the background just going, Hi, we're also here. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, funny enough, though, the, the only things I don't like in the Crash and Spy remakes is the remastered audio, thinking on it. Um, state your case. Okay, so with the Crash and Insane trilogy, the music was completely remixed and you couldn't um, swap it back to the original tracks. Right, I mean, okay. It's fine, it's alright, but it lacks a sort of, um, I don't know, this is certain charm to the original sound font. Yeah, and I think, like I said, that's one of the things I don't like about most certain mod- modern remakes is that because of like licensing fees and stuff like that, and licensing jobs with music, you can't always have the same soundtrack. You have to sometimes have a remixed version or a new version, um, just because I don't think music copyright and licensing has caught up with how quickly video games remix and re-release things. Hello, Rick. It depends on composers. Yeah. Obviously, like, uh, nothing against the composer for the Insane trilogy. I'm sure they're absolutely lovely, but I didn't like their versions of the tracks as much as the originals. Thankfully, with the Spyro uh, Reignited trilogy, you can change it back to the original tracks, which I did immediately. Of course you did. (laughs) And I'm not judging you for it. um, No, it's just the... The original is a lot more punchy. And it's, it's also kind of to do with the nostalgia and like buying into that and kind of reliving the nostalgia as well. Just nostalgia. It's also, the funny thing is with the remade versions of the tracks is they're not, they're, like, they're different, but they're not different enough. So you might as well listen to the slightly better original. Yeah, it's like noticeably. Yeah. It almost feels more flat. Yeah, like it's, instead of it being like fresh and kind of innovative, it's more like we followed the numbers, we painted it by numbers, and we followed what was there originally, and we just kind of like mixed around a couple of bits that were already there. Doesn't seem yeah, as fresh. Like traced. Yes, exactly. They traced over it, but yeah, a musical like... version of that. Yeah, it's a music version of tracing. I don't know. I... Which also leads into the question: for a remake, how different should the remake be to the original? So obviously, there's the option of doing one for ones, which tend to be successful because it's the same games you like but with fresh graphics. Yeah. But sometimes I can't help but feel that it's a bit of a missed opportunity not to add in features that were missing or just simply, you know, couldn't be included at the time for whatever reason from the original games. Yeah, like I said, um, the one um, infamous example from recent years is when uh, I'm going to get the publisher on now. Is it Naughty Dog that did uh, Last of Us? It is Naughty Dog, yeah. When Naughty Dog um, announced they're going to remake the first Last of Us, even though the game's only been out like a couple of years, and mm. people are like going, why are you remastering it? It's like, the game's perfectly fine and serviceable as it is. Why does it need to be remastered? But then again, it's like, I think it's, with that kind of remaster, it's, it's a large part of it is, is money, because they know that it will sell. That's why they've announced it. It's like Skyrim being remade and re-released on every console going. They know that they're going to make money off of it, which is why they'll announce it, why they'll release it. But it's that kind of thing of like, yes, I like the fact that people are buying into the nostalgia stuff of that, but then it's a little bit like, when it's like a couple of years ago, it's like, I just buy the original game. I don't want to buy a remaster of a game that I played five years ago. It's like, it's a bit like, what's the point? A bit pointless. At least if a game is around 20 years old, then that game's a lot harder to get a hold of. If it has a legacy behind it, if it has that kind of like decades worth of 
time between when it originally released and like it has time for people to remember it fondly, then yeah, sure, remake it, remaster it. Or if it's Kanoa, it's um, so obscure and rare that no one can basically afford to get the original copies and the remake becomes a more easily accessible way for people to play a brilliant game. Are you saying... <laughs> Are you saying that you want to remake a Kanoa? They have remade Kanoa 1 and 2. Are you saying that I'm you just... want the original version of Kanoa? No, no, I'm saying I want people to buy the remakes that are out so they'll make a third game. <laughs> one, day, least... one day it'll happen, Hannah. One day. Well, there's Kanoa 1 and 2, and then there's just some GBA titles and uh, a Wonder Swan game, which only came out in Japan. But it's not the same, damn it. No, I want a proper sequel, so I just want people to buy the remakes to show that Kanoa is popular. <laughs> And it's not just the three people I know who have played it, including myself. I, I'll be honest, guys, I've never even heard of it until um, Hannah recently just brought it up on the last podcast. I'd never even heard of it. So that's it how Kanoa rare is. it is. <laughs> yeah, Kanoa is one of my favourite games of all time, so it's just like, it's almost criminal that not enough people have played it. And it also makes me really sad at the end, but I'm not going to tell you why. And I should know about it because I'm ancient. Um, but... <laughs> you know older than me well it's slightly older but not much yeah. older i'm 31 guys at the time of this podcast at the time of this podcast i'm 31 which is going to date me now when i uh end up listening back to this when i'm 47 i'm like oh god i'm so young <laughs> oh where did the time go and then we remake the episode again we'll remake remake it five times and then every time we add an extra little sound effect on it or an extra little um i was gonna say graphic then it's audio <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I know I'm getting better at editing, but my editing skills aren't that good. <laughs> I, want... I can't even break the laws of physics. I love this podcast, but can it be visual at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Could this podcast be a video? Could it be a video? <laughs> I feel like, like one of those um, gaming executives that have really bad ideas, because they've got so much money behind them, it gets them going through anyway. Like, I love this game, but can it be a multiplayer? It's like, no, go away. But anyways, back on to... Uh, back on track. Um, just wanted to give you a little factoid, guys. Uh, the very first remake that I could see, or the earliest remake I could find, just for interest, uh, was a remake of the game Ultima. Uh, Ultima 1, First uh, Age of Darkness, which just came out in 1986, which is obviously a remake of the original Ultima game. But way back in 86, that predates me and my husband. Well, that's a good little factoid, which actually, that does remind me, thinking of, you know, good remakes. Go on. Uh, the original Metroid, the remake of it, um, Zero Mission for GBA. Oh yes, go on. Okay, so Metroid Zero Mission is not only a complete graphic overhaul of the original Metroid, it improves controls, it's, um, when I say graphic overhaul, I mean we compare a NES to Game Boy Fantasy SP, which, okay, it's still sort of around 16-bit, but trust me, it's better than 8-bit. I mean, much better, you've got, you've got more pixels. Of course it'll be better. Well, you've got a background for a start. That's always a plus. <laughs> Uh, and not all the rooms look identical either. They've got a bit of variety. Yeah, more variety than the rooms. Are, yeah, the rooms? No. The controls are smoother. The rooms are smoother. <laughs> like it's New Year's, I can't speak. I've barely seen anyone. So help. It's got an image of like Hannah sliding across her living room now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so smooth. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Go on. I'm distracting from it. <laughs> Anyways, but not only that, you get the full original game, but then after where the original game would have started, would have finished, it has more. They add on a whole extra section. Which is always a plus, is they add extra things on there, like, oh, here's some more stuff, here's some more stuff. I know you like the game, but here's some more stuff. It's expanded, (laughs) and in a really good way. It's like, it's great, you get extra story, you get extra levels, you get extra this, extra that. 
Absolutely, it's, it's always great when you've got a little extra bit in there. Especially like yeah. expanded is like a very, it's a great word when it gets attached onto another end of the video. If you have a video game title and it ends with expanded, it always ends up ending up really, really good. Or even better than the original. Yeah, and it's nice. That's what I mean with uh, when it comes to remakes. It's such a good opportunity to add in things that weren't in the original games because the original game's always going to be there. So why not add like a new experience to the thing? Absolutely. Which is um, unfortunately not mentality every game takes. Um, for example, the Panzer Dragoon One remake is just a one for one remake. It's kind of like a cash grab, like by the numbers remake. Yeah, I wouldn't say cash grab. Crash I can't speak in this Crash podcast. Crash grab. I'm making up words today, people. <laughs> You're just as bad as me in a couple of podcasts about when I couldn't I, speak. <laughs> well, I think it's I think you've um it's contagious. No, it's I wouldn't say the Panzer Dragoon remake was a cash grab. It was more of a um it's a franchise that has a cult following. So there's obviously enough demand to remake the game, but they it's not a high budget remake. And I have absolutely no ill will towards the team who made it. They did the best they could. But it is just the original game with like you know all its faults included. They haven't even like do any bug fixing or anything like that. It's just literally just warts and all, just a remake of it. Well, luckily the original game wasn't particularly buggy or anything. It's just very short. It's an on-rail shooter. Oh right, you can, okay. You can complete it in an hour. Oh yeah, that's a, that's very disappointing. The fact that they made a game that's an hour long, which obviously is going to be a cult classic, and then not done anything with it. They just can't just upgrade the graphics. That's it. Yeah, and it's um, it's all subjective, but um, I don't like the new art style as much as I like the original art style either. The thing, and I, I still think it's a half decent remake, and it's a lot easier. I mean, trust me, it's a lot easier to get um, Panzer Dragoon's remake than it is to try to get Sega Saturn to play the original one. Oh and yeah. Don't even try Sega Saturn emulation; you give yourself a headache. But what I was really hoping was um, that they would, you know, it, if it sold well enough, that they could remake Panzer Dragoon Saga, which is the RPG. It's so rare and it's such a good RPG, you know, it's on par with Final Fantasy VII, but no one gets to play it. Because it's so rare, so not many people have actually played it. No, I mean, at the time of this um, podcast, it'd probably be up again by the time people listen to it. It's around 400, 500 quid. Yikes, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, I love video games, I love retro video games, but I don't love them for 400 pounds. And it just keeps going up and I own this game. Just want to put that out there. Just want, just wanted to put it out there. If anyone wants Fair a copy enough. of this game, Hannah is your girl. No, no, don't steal. <laughs> I was, I was insinuating that they pay for it, not that they steal it. But <laughs> no, and it's like it's, it's enjoyable to own a rare game. But I really like the game to be remade, or be nice if it could be ported. But Sega lost the source code, so we can't do that. Always helpful, Sega. Sega. Thank you, Sega. Thank you ever so much. So a remake was really the only sort of like. No chance, I guess, that we can get this game playable in some form. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't think the remake of Panzer Dragoon has done well enough to warrant it because they were going to remake the second game. Um, at the time of this podcast, anyway, the second game was meant to be out, I think it was at the side of 2021 or 2022, and it still hasn't come out and they haven't mentioned it. So I can't right. help but think it might have been quietly cancelled. I said not confirmed. But it might have turned into vaporware. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a bit of a shame. I mean, obviously, um, I don't discourage anyone from trying out the game. It's still a really good on-rail shooter. Oh, yeah. It's just they didn't do anything with it, is what I'm saying. And I think it was an hour-long on-rail shooter, I think, lends itself to being expanded in some way. You know, maybe some extra levels, some extra modes. 
Oh yeah, definitely if it's like got an hour's playtime, there's, the, there's lots of scope there to increase that and add more things into it. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a wasted know. opportunity. Yes, my headphones are slipping off. Is it Onyx? Is Onyx trying to take your headphones off? No, no, she's... Um, I've distracted Onyx by plugging in the halogen heater. Oh, okay, so she's like, she's gone. She's basking, she doesn't care about anything else in the world other than the yeah. heater. Onyx is roasting on an open fire. <laughs> How Christmassy, if this was in December. It's not, it's in January. <laughs> it's toasting her beans. It still sounds very comfortable and I will be wrapping myself up in a dressing gown later on because uh, I'm getting a little bit cold in this house. I am very fashionable today in my Sonic socks. And a do jumper. I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm disappointed not wearing anything video game related today as I was wearing I was wearing some Sonic socks the other day and um, I'm, I've had to put them in the bin because of the massive hole in the heel and I'm like, oh no, one of my favourite ones. Oh, tragedy. I know. Anyway, back to Hannah needlessly ranting about remakes. I say needlessly, Hi. it's all, the whole part of this episode point really. Hi, welcome to the Soul Button Podcast. Um, <laughs> Shall we move so, um, on to uh, remasters? Yeah, I, th- I think moving on to remasters is fine. Otherwise, I'm just going to rant about other games I really want. <laughs> uh, so I'm yeah. a very passionate lady. You know what? Let, let that passion flow. I'm not going to stop you. If you want to talk about something else, go ahead. Talk about another game. Oh, no, no. I think a remaster would be um, fine. Which does make me think of uh, Shadow of the Colossus. I have heard of Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, um, they did have a remaster of that game. I didn't yeah. play it, though. Was it any good? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't either. From what I saw of it, it sort of falls under the uh, Panzer Goon treatment of one for one. Oh, right, okay. So just literally just an up graphical upgrade. and I mean, a really nice one. I mean, the game is gorgeous. I know that. The graphics uh, yeah. and the art are great. So I think the... Um, from what I've heard from people playing the PS4 version, it plays very well. And it's if you like the original game, then it's a you know good one to opt for. I do really wish they took the opportunity to add an extra Colossus. Because it was a long-standing rumour for ages that there was an extra Colossus battle in it. In the original game, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, I really wish they added that for the remake because they could have made long-standing rumour true. Ghost agrees. Hi. Yes. You may hear him squeaking in the background. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but it's, it's still... It, obviously, it's still half decent. So that one... I suppose it's technically a remake, it's like a graphical overhaul, but it's... I don't know, when the one-for-one, you almost wonder if it falls into the remastered territory. It's a bit of a grey area. Yeah, like I said at the top of this, at the top of the podcast, like, all three of these terms will kind of, like, merge into one, like, be interchangeable. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's debatable when is it a remaster, when is it a remake, how different does it have to feel yeah. to the original game's account. How different does it have to feel to become a reboot as well? There's kind of like the blurring of the lines as well with certain games. Like, um, definitely is. The first one that comes to mind when I think of that, like blurring of the lines of all three, would be uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, remake because uh. it's kind of a remake. It's definitely a reboot in certain areas, and it's definitely a remaster. But it's kind of like it's not in one singular lane. It's in every lane. Yeah, it kind of has a lot of crossover. Yeah, exactly. On a side note, everyone is so pretty in that game. <laughs> this is really not important. <laughs> just want to just want to put it out there. Everyone looks really pretty in, in the Final Fantasy VII remake. I think my husband yeah, will agree gorgeous. as well. <laughs> and the cloud of the dress just confuses me. I mean, I'm gay, but 
but damn, but damn, those feds look pretty on cloud. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I am confusion. But yeah, so <clears throat> Final Fantasy VII uh, being a re uh, being a remake, remaster, and a reboot at the same time, it kind of it obviously it's going to be popular uh, regardless. As soon as you mention Final Fantasy VII, everyone goes crazy. Um, well, the music's so good. The music's so good. The story was really, really good as well, and memorable, nostalgic, and everyone knows why. Even those who haven't really? played the game will know most of the story beats of that game. I just really hope Aerith doesn't die in this one. You know what? Hot take here is um, I'm, I love Aerith. I'm going to. I've not played the game yet, but <clears throat> I've played. I've watched my husband play it. Uh, my hot take is that she's still going to die, but she's going to die a different way. To how she dies in the other one. Sorry, spoiler alert, she dies in Final Fantasy VII. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for an over 20 year old game. <laughs> no one cares anymore, they know. Um, I, I think it's one of those well known things. I mean, I knew about Aerith's death before um, playing the game. Knowing what Final Fantasy was. It's one of those one one of those moments that tops like a lot of top 10 lists on YouTube is like of like iconic video game moments is Aerith's death. Um, yeah, and me and my friends have kind of ruined the scene. Um, because we, we came up with the idea while playing the original game of uh, what if it was done in a pantomime version. You just imagine having like an audience and they're just trying to point out Sephiroth's behind you! Oh, oh no he he's is. not! Oh yes it... Oh yes yeah. he is! Oh. Terrified <laughs> <Horrified> children. <laughs> that's not blood, that's just raspberry jam! Um... <clears throat> me, what's happening to your audio? Oh, can you still hear me? Is that okay? Okay, I can hear you now. You're just kind of, um, I'm not sure what happened there. You're just sort of glitching out of reality. Maybe I am being remastered as we speak. That sounded wrong. Yeah. Maybe not use that. <laughs> you know I'm going to use that. Oh, for God's sake, Hannah. <laughs> okay, I said it too. So. <laughs> if you don't want me to include your mistakes, then you can edit the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, these are the trade-offs that I have to make. <laughs> Exactly, and what's really funny is normally your laughs peak, but for yep. some reason this episode they keep echoing, so it sounds like you're just going off somewhere. <laughs> like, you have to leave now. Your planet needs you. It's like, it's, I, was like I, I could feel an laugh coming on, I have to leave the room. Just bear in one second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my um, impression of Final Fantasy X there. Anyway. Um... Oh. Ah ha ha! I actually no. I like that that one. It is meant to be purposely bad, to be fair. True. A lot of people like uh, a lot of people dunk on that, but it's like it's supposed to be like that. He's doing it, I know, ironically or ironically. Actually, now I'm thinking about Final Fantasy X. I wonder if that'll get remade. Isn't Final Fantasy X two supposed to be like a reboot or like a remake of? Uh, well, not remake, but it's like a reboot of ten. Uh, it's a sequel. Okay, fair enough. And then there's it's another. Few sort of direct Final Fantasy sequels. As in direct to a, a particular story, because normally they're their own, you know, self-enclosed stories. That is also another point as well. What when does a sequel become a reboot? I would say it's when the timeline gets a reset. I would definitely say that. If there's a Deusex, if there's a Deusex Machina at some point in the timeline, then you then it's a reboot. <laughs> yeah, like thinking back onto it, the Crash Insane trilogy is also kind of acts as a semi-reboot because the game that came afterwards is Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. Yeah. Which completely ignores all the sequels that came after the original trilogy. Does it kind of like wedge itself in between Crash um, 3 and Warped? Or does it ignores Warped? Um, 
Well, one thing, crash free and walk to the same game. You know what I meant? <laughs> <laughs> crash free, walked, it, and the next one. <laughs> it, it takes place after walked and completely ignores um, anything after free, basically. So, no Not, Rafa Cortex, no Twin Sanity. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> it's, so late it's, of like, it's, it's late in the now. day, guys. <laughs> Yes, I happen to be a fan of Free and Warped. <laughs> three is better than Warped, and Warped is so much worse than Three. It's the same game. I knew that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. so anyway, yeah. So that's a good case of the remakes acting as like a. I'm gonna say a soft reboot. Yeah. So it's like it's still got the same characters, but the timeline's completely reset, or it's going down a different route. Yeah. It's um. Essentially, it refocuses the timeline because the, the get crash games they kind of go all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it, PS2 era was a bit of a rough time for Crash. You say that, but oh yeah, and I was say it's Crash Crash is PlayStation One, isn't it? So it, it, yeah. Yeah, PlayStation Two kind of went in a weird direction. I mean, Rubber Cortex is a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, and like I said, I do have some good nostalgic memories of uh, Crash Tag tra Crash Tag Team Racing. Um, but mm. I do understand that it's a very different game to CTR. But yeah, so I I I'm, I would apologise for it, but up to a certain point. But I know it's a different game um, compared to the, compared to its uh, predecessor. Oh, that's fair. I was hoping that the Spy Reignited trilogy would be the same kind of case. I mean, I said it's only at the time of this podcast there hasn't been a Spire Four. I'm hoping for a Spire Four. Everyone's hoping for a Spire Four. I would like to see a Spire Four. Four. I. I have literally, um, Spyro Floor. I've literally <laughs> dreamt about having a Spyro Floor because even my dreams are geeky. Yeah, no, no you know what? I've, I've had those game, those dreams as well where it's like you just dream that there's like another version of the game or you're in that yeah. game. Excuse me, go on. <clears throat> I was going to say, I think of dreams. I, ha I think I had the most dorkiest dream the other night. I dreamt about buying more CRT TVs and that I was buying loads for them to fill up a room so I can have different game consoles set up all on the different TVs at once with different cables. I think every every person that's... Uh, every avid video game um, player or video gamer um, wants to have a room in their house that's just for every different video game and every different console. That is like the dream, to have like a little video game museum in their back garden. Yeah, and it's just like some of the TVs had um, SCART cables, other components. For some reason, one of them had an RF cable. Don't use RF cables. There you go, a little tip for you guys. Don't use RF table, cables. Tables. Oh my god, it's going back to me. You're giving it to me. <laughs> We've traded it back now. No, you can't speak. <laughs> no, um, RF cables are... Um, do you remember when you used to have to tune in your game consoles? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's what the RF cable's for. I Pick see. It's awful. I see, horrible. yeah. I don't care how nostalgic you are for the love of God, use a SCART. I remember having to cycle through like a hundred like t channels of static to get the one that had the game console going through it. I remember yes, this avidly. Yeah, I can never remember which channel we tuned it into. It was like, uh... painful. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's funny because we blame new game consoles for like, oh, we got to install an update. It's like, yeah, but we had to tune in the console originally. That's one of the things that surprised me about getting the Series X. By the way, I have a Series X, by the way, guys. Um, mm -hmm. Is that when I was... Um, booting it up, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to set aside a couple of hours to get it to upload and stuff like that. It's like, no, you can do it from your phone. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, if you told, if you told, like, if you told child version of me that you can, um, put, you can install everything to do with your console from your phone, 
back in the day. That would have blown my tiny little mind. But yeah, I just managed to upload it right there. I'm not flexing, I'm just saying it's an interesting thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, no, there, there are some benefits to modern systems, and um, again, going back on top of the sort of remakes and things, yeah. Accessibility is definitely a big one. Yes, it's, definitely. Like, I know I just mentioned dreaming about CRTs, but not everyone can get CRTs. Not everyone wants a CRT. No one has um, a space for an art CRT. Yeah, so not everyone has the, the money or the space for old game consoles to play on original hardware. So the remakes can also remakes and remasters can also just be a more convenient way to play the games you love on a modern system. Kind of like how we don't buy films on VHS, you know, we can get them on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, and like some people are like don't even want DVDs anymore; they can just stream them. Um, oh yeah, of course. But yeah, like every kind of generation is a similar like that, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just convenient. <clears throat> I think I I think for the longest time I had just I had four VHSs even after like VHS died, um, which was, uh, I think, Toy Story, original Toy Story, Mary Poppins, Matilda, and, oh, what's the one? There's another one as well. I think it might have been Stuart Little. But I had those VHSs in my video game library, or the library even, for the longest time, just because of the nostalgia on it. Even though I had literally nothing to play them on, or had any intention of playing them again, I just liked having them because it had a nice childhood memory attached to it. Well, my, my CRT has an inbuilt uh, VHS player. I used to have those. I had well, it wasn't like a big CRT TV. It was like a, it was a, the TV. It was a TV VHS combis that used to have in the in the uh, mid two thousands, late eight, late nineties. That's what I mean. That's what I have. Oh yeah, well they're like, I used to have one of those, and that's my favourite. Is my baby. I loved it. Oh, I love my one. It's funny because the screen's not really much bigger than my laptop, but the bloody thing takes up loads of room. Oh yeah, no, because um, they're fat. They're very, very fat. They're very, very fat, and they're very. Um, so they're thick. That's what I'm looking for. Thick. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. So they do take up a lot of space. Had a lot of space. Not like these flat screens now. Nowadays, they did take up a lot of a lot of space. Which uh, does lead into the question, because obviously, if something's been remade, not. I mean, at least for a remaster, it's still kind of the DNA of the original game still. Yeah. Um, but re remakes, obviously, because it's been remade, graph, you know complete graphical overhaul, it does mean you still can't play the original game at times, and I think it would be nice if remakes came with the option of playing the original game. Even if the remake is better than the original, I mean sometimes it isn't, I still think for the sake of preservation it would be nice to be able to play the original game on new hardware. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's where I think the whole thing falls a bit flat. Like Sometimes it feels more like the remake acts as a replacement, but I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, it should be like, you should have the option of like, maybe if there is a remake that's announced that they can bundle the original copy with it or something like that. No one's ever done that before, but it'd be cool if you could do that. Obviously, I know that there are games that we mentioned at the top of the podcast that have that button you can switch between different graphics. But it'd be nice to have like a, one where it bundles the original one with it. I don't think anyone would actually do that because it would be bad from a marketing position. Um, but it will work. And it, it, it would work, yeah. Yeah, actually, that does um, remind me of a really good example of um, replacement, or no. bad replacement. There's Grand Theft Auto remakes. I was going to mention this. Yes, the Grand, yeah. Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. I was so happy when they announced that. I was like, oh my god, they haven't just ignored the HD uh, collection. They're, they're going to remake them. It's going to be great. It's going to be like GTA V, but like San Andreas. Oh, uh, how wrong we were. It's the fact that they took the originals off, you know, off from sale. 
Like, you can yeah. only get the definitive edition now. They, they were so confident that these would fly off yes. the shelves. They're like, oh, we're not going to need the original ones anymore. People are going to people are going to want the reboots. They don't want the original ones. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Cut them off. Cancel them all. Um, no, and they're just so wrong. Because they'd also use not the original, not the best port of the game either. They didn't use a console or PC port. They used a mobile port, which already was the inferior port of those original games, to then mm-hmm. upgrade them. But they didn't upgrade them like lovingly, like uh, paying attention to every little thing. They did it for, through an AI system, uh, right. which did a little bit of upgrading, but there was a lot of errors that weren't sh- like they weren't quality assisted. I don't think there was a lot of there wasn't a lot of QA involved in those remasters. I don't think um, so. There was spelling mistakes on signs. There was wonky animation. Um, the very famous one that everyone's seen is the uh, rider on his uh, bicycle with like arms longer than any human person could ever possibly have um, and also looking like they've been broken in seven places <clears throat> it was it was a mess basically yeah and thinking of messy remakes um, there was also that remastered port of well, quotation remastered port of Silent Hill 2 I'm trying to think there is a reason to why the Silent Hill 2 remake came out as bad as it did I'm trying to think what it was I don't know if it was the team was a little bit inexperienced or if they didn't get the original game handed to them or if it's like a source code from I know the first game doesn't is missing a source code I don't know if it's the case for the second game I know there was a reason why the remakes came as badly as they did I think at the end of, at the, end of the day um, to it's quote every single person who's been on Jeremy Carl ever money is a big factor when it comes to remaking things like, the, like these legacy titles is that investors and pu- and um, publishers want to get it out the door as soon as possible so they can make money and get the money back on the investments. They're interested in that. They don't care about who's actually going to buy it. They just care if they're going to buy it and how quickly can we get that money. So the people that are making the game, developers, have to suffer um, with crunch and having to overwork themselves. Something they probably would rather do other things um, than having to remake stuff that's already happened. And yeah, at the end of the day, the, the developers suffer and we suffer as well uh, when someone pulls out something that's a little bit subpar. Although I haven't said that, that I think there is going to be a bit of redemption for Silent Hill 2 because it is getting a full-on remake now. Good. As it in, needs like a, a proper from the ground up. Is it like a Resident Evil 2 situation where it's like completely overhauled? I think so. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as in we're not changing from a fixed camera to an over-the-shoulder camera. Okay, um, yeah. But I think Silent Hill 2 was still, you know, behind the car- third-person camera. Like yeah. I remember my <laughs> studies now. Welcome um, to Mini Studies 101. I did do film studies, I swear. I know, it's like, we are professionals, guys. <laughs> Please believe but, us. Um, Anyway, yeah, no, I don't think it'd be as drastic, but I think it is going to be, as I said, obviously graphically very different. I don't know if they're going to do any story changes. I don't know if they're adding in any features. I'm just obviously hoping it'll be better. Well, it can't be any worse, to be fair, than the supposed remaster. Don't say it. Don't say it, because it'll end up being worse. Yes, and also reminds me, Resident Evil 4 is getting a remake. Some people are a little bit unsure about it, because there's people who argue that 4 is such a good game it doesn't need a remake. Yeah, like, this is a thing I'll try and highlight earlier on, is like, there are certain games that don't really need a remake, yet, anyway. I think 4 is one of those games that still kind of holds up today, and is revered for it as well. It's a really well-made game. The fact that they want to remake it, it seems a little bit unnecessary. Um, it does come across as more of a um, cash grab. It definitely does but, seem like that. 
Having said that, um, one thing the remake could fix, which is like my only real nitpick with 4, and it is a proper nitpick, by the way, people, is I just hate the colour palette for 4. It's brown. It's so brown. It's brown. It's 2000s brown. (laughs) I didn't know there was a 2000s brown before. (laughs) Seriously, if you play like realistic quotation games from the 2000s, they always seem to like smudge everything in brown. Yeah, so Call of Duty has a, yeah. a problem with that as well. Everything was brown and battlefield. Make it look all sort of like dirty and dingy. And Gears like, of no, no. War was another one. That everything was brown. But there's other colours. Yeah. Even in the real world, we have other colours other than brown. No, sepia tone. That's how my game is going to play. Sepia is the most brutal action-loving um, colour. Yes, I'll admit that the remake of 4, even if it was one for one, but if it was less brown, it would be technically better in my eyes. Because it's like, ah, good, you fixed my only problem with 4. Oh, and obviously there's the whole Ashley thing. Of course. Uh, oh, God, you've mentioned Ashley now. Everyone's going to groan in the chat. Like, yes, uh, we had to escort Ashley to wherever the f*** she was supposed to go. But the AI is so stupid that she wants to kill herself and every opportunity. That's my uh, TED It is funny though if you unlock the armor for her. It's like, if you put her in the armor, which is an unlockable, then um, I don't think the enemies can lift her up. <laughs> so, it's the only way to escort her really. It's just like put her in a huge suit of armor and then she's a little less useless. I mean, that's always preferable, isn't it? <laughs> I'm hoping in the remake that maybe they'll make Ashley a little bit more competent. Yeah. Even if it's just improving, you know, improvements to our AI to not be as annoying. You know <laughs> not get in the way so much. You know they're not going to do that. They're going to make her even worse. <laughs> no, I'm sure they won't. They'll, they'll probably make her a more competent female protagonist, which would actually be a good thing. It would be a good thing, because we do need more of those in in, in uh, video games and stuff like that. I know I'm not saying there's none, but I'm saying um, we need more of them. It's a whole different them. topic, but yeah. yes. Um, That's a topic for another podcast in the future. I'd say so. I mean, more actual strong female characters in gaming would be great. It would be perfect. Just bear one second, I think Ghost just knocked something over. Back in a second. Whoops. (laughs) You knocked over. You knocked over. For those at home who wanted to know, it was a Christmas decoration box that he knocked over. Because we're currently packing away Christmas, because it's currently, uh, as we record this, June the 4th. Not June the 4th, sorry, January the 4th. I was really confused for a moment. I wasn't making a joke or if you got that wrong. I, I, I got it wrong because I'm tired and I forgot time. Oh no, that's fine. I just wondered how long it took you to put the decoration away. <laughs> it's now summer. Hi guys. How's your summer going? I've been sat here for several months. <laughs> it's okay because Onyx has been giving her uh, scraps to keep her susten- sustained. Well, she did steal me a salad once. I mean, that's a good cat. She knows. Yeah, like, she kept bringing me over salad leaves, and I was just wondering, like, where are you getting these from? <laughs> You're hungry, you must out, eat. <laughs> it turned out she was nicking my dad's salad. <laughs> One piece at a time. Like, yes, you must eat. Oh, hello. I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> hi, Ash. Hi. Hannah says hi. What are you doing? Recording uh, the next podcast, well, re-recording it because the other one had audio issues. Okay. Um, I will sort your dinner out in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah. Have you I've, eaten though? I've already eaten myself. So yeah. Okay. Well, you I've get put, yourself something. That's I've fine. put the oven on and heating it. I need a shower, baby. So that's fine. You can whack me something in the oven. That would be lovely. 
That's fine, I'll do it in a sec. Love you. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, moving on from Ashley, Resident Evil 4 getting a remake. I really wish Code Veronica was getting a remake. Because Not- I think kind of needs it. Um, one of my uh, mate Tom absolutely loves Code Veronica, so I think he'd be all up. Uh, he'd be all up on that um, if they remade that. Okay, I don't mean this in this. You know, it, I think it's bad or anything. I do like Code Veronica. I just think there's a lot of room for improvement. Four is already really good as it is, but Code Veronica is one of those ones where I think if it just got touched up here and there, then it could be a much better game. Just like a, a polish and like a bug fix, maybe or something like that. It would be a better game. Yeah, just sort of like. Try remember, like fix the. I can't think what it was. I don't know if it's like we had a pa- if it's a pacing problem with, with Veronica. I just remember me and my friends were playing it, but then we stopped playing it for a while. Then it kind of it feels like it drags on a bit in certain places. So I suppose that yeah. would be a, bit of a pacing problem. This also definitely needs to have more ammo before bosses. I know the point of Fair and Evil is you can serve ammo, but we accidentally got ourselves in a um, unwinnable state at one point. I hate that when you when you're like I just want to carry on with the game like, with what I've got. Oh, you needed more before you went to the boss battle, but now you can't just go to, to a previous save. You're screwed. What? Yeah, it's one of those. Um, obviously, it's technically our fault for not saving ammo, but at the same time, that's a bit of a punishment. We did have a workaround in the end, which was the boss tra- um, loses health very very gradually. So so we um, <laughs> we ran in a circle for what felt like ten minutes. Until waiting, you... for the, waiting for the boss to slowly die off and it's like we've just spent the whole time like I really wish we had ammo but then I don't think it's good when a game punishes you for something you couldn't have predicted like how we meant to know that was going to happen yeah like normally good uh, normally um, with like quasi assurance that sort of thing they would pick, pick on that earlier and be like we need to have something in there to kind of like, like remind players to kind of like conserve their ammo or uh, get some more ammo or have more uh, opportunities to get more supplies stuff like that but unless they want to do that intentionally just to make the game harder which I, I can understand but yeah I, I, I'm not a fan of those kind of situations in video games where it's like there is no way you can physically beat this boss without backtracking yeah and then you, obviously if you don't make enough sort of backup saves you're at a point where well there's no save to go back to this is what in the situation. So I think a remake could help alleviate situations like that. I'm just having flashbacks of when I first played Final Fantasy IX now and got stuck in the first ice cave because I didn't save mm. beforehand because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> and got stuck in an unwinnable situation. Oh, I, I have a whole song about saving, but I won't sing it here. I call it the safety save. Hannah, please, please can you sing this at the end of the podcast to sing us out? You, you want me to sing the podcast out with the safety save? Please do. <laughs> Not now, but later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe we can do that later. It's, um, I sing it to my friends whenever they're saving, because you can lose a lot of data if you don't save, and I've oh, done yeah. that enough as a child. I'm familiar with the safety save. It's, 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 a, it's a very good thing to do. It's a very safe thing to do. Uh, pause for applause, pause for applause. <laughs> but yeah, um, so going on to reboots, I don't think we've spoken about reboots much. This is obviously when someone takes an existing franchise or existing story and goes off on their own different direction with it. Um, have you got any examples of like a good or a bad reboot? I've got quite a few bad reboots on here that I've got here. Um, but we'll go to you first of all. Have you got any ideas of like good or bad reboots that we haven't mentioned beforehand? Mm, I've got an example of drastically different. Go on. 
So, during the mid-2000s, I think it's 2006 roughly, they rebooted the Spyro series with the Legend of trilogy. But the Legend of Spyro trilogy is so vastly different from the DNA of what made up the original Spyro games. You could easily slap in a different dragon and a different name and it would be, you know, its own franchise. For instance, uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which I mentioned last uh, podcast, yeah. is exactly the same thing as this. They changed up the genre, changed up the, the, changed up the genre a little bit, changed up the world. Essentially, it's the same universe, technically, but it's gone in a completely different direction. It's kind of a different game entirely. Well, yeah, it's like... Because the original games are platformers, well, The Legend of, um, I think it says God of War was popular at the time, it's a beat-them up. It's drastically different. Very repetitive beat them up. Do you mean like... Yeah. Go on, sorry. No, it just means probably my overall view for the Legend of games is just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? It, it does have its own fan base, and I do respect the fan base it has, because a lot of people do really like the story to those games. I personally think it's a little bit generic, because it's one of those... Um, Spyro is a rare purple dragon, and he's the chosen one to usher in a new age and all that and when you say beat em up, do you mean like um, like a Tekken-based thing, or do you mean like um, like God of War, where it's like you have to fight things to kill them and stuff like that? It's God of War, so more move forward, free paces, some enemies appear, beat them up, move forward a little bit, do some very mild platforming, beat them up with the same button combo over and over again. Yeah, it can be very repetitive very, very quickly. And then, yeah. then, then they reboot that again with Skylanders, which then became its own, own little thing as well. Skylanders um, is also just, you know, take Spyro's name out of the equation. Yeah, it's a completely different game. Like I said, you, you, I think they even dropped the name Spyro from the game, like in later editions. They just called it Skylanders. Yeah, and they did. I, I will just say this now. I hated Skylanders. I hated it back then. I hate it now because it is literally just a ploy to sell action figures that's all it is it's not the video game it's an action figure thing i just don't get it it's just i just see it's a massive cash cow and it has the least amount of things to do with spyro it could possibly do yeah i think in terms of reboots for spyro it probably was the worst because it just it said spyro is loosely tied into the game in fact you know i think he, it's one of those classic things where they just use the character's name to sell it like, it look, was it's a star a power you're vaguely familiar with yay yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, you remember this guy? Remember this guy? How about all? How about twelve thousand of his other no-name characters? Do you want to play with them? No. Well, tough. There you go. He became a side character in his own franchise because of Skylanders. Which is never a good thing. No. No, Although, it's not. Although, to be honest, um, compared to some of the other Cancel Spyro projects, it might not actually be the worst. Um, I won't get into it into this podcast. Maybe if we do one on cancelled games, but. Um, some of the Council Spyro games are a bit um, interesting. That'd be interesting for a future podcast, I think, I feel. Yeah, let's just say they're a bit edgy. Ooh. 2000s edgy. Oh, so it's going to be Edgelord stuff then, is it? <laughs> this is Spyro yeah. get a gun. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to think it's not really that far off. I don't think it was a gun, but I seem to remember, um, I don't know, cringing at uh, the descriptions and thinking, uh, maybe Skyland isn't that bad. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say um, on my list of like bad reboots as well. I've got um, the 2012 version of Need for Speed Most Wanted, mm-hmm. and as people may know from this podcast and people who know me personally, I'm a big racing game fan. Need for Speed was great in the in the mid noughties like it, it, like Underground, Underground Two, Most Wanted, the original version, uh, Carbon, 
and I think Pro Street as well. They were like peak, they were like peak games of that generation. When they rebooted Most Wanted in 2012, it was, it was. Um, you're gonna have to censor bar me, but it was. What I'll just say is that obviously it's a reboot, so it's a completely different story, completely different world. That's fine. I don't mind that. Whatever. It's a new, it's a new decade. It will have to be rebooted. But the amount of um, aggressive like micro microtransactions and DLC that that game had tacked on it, and the fact that you needed to be, I think one of those games where you needed to be online as well all time, all the time, even if you're playing solo, like it makes no sense to do that at the time. Obviously, it's more commonplace now, but back in the time, I was like, it makes no sense for me to be online if I'm not online. And the, the world was very, very empty and very boring. Uh, which is difficult to say when the game is, contains mostly of you driving around, crashing into things. They managed to make that boring. Um, That's impressive. I know, right? Most of the races were very repetitive. It just felt like this. It just felt like it was very kind of unloved and very kind of like pushed out there to sell. It was like very disappointing to me. I think. What's going to say? There, I don't think there's even a blacklist in it. That was one of the main things of the original game. Obviously, I get it's a reboot, so it would have its own different direction, but it it felt too different to have the name associated with it. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's a good point actually, because obviously a reboot is a decent way to reset a timeline, but at the same time, when they remake, it, you know, not remake. I mean, when they redesign the game to be so different, you got to wonder if there's any point of even using the same name at that point. In fact, like, when does a reboot become just a completely different game that's just leeching off the, the fan service of a name? Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> and that unfortunately was the case for Most Wanted and for uh, Skylanders and also for Legend of as well. Just leeching off that kind of star power. Title. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, if you're Sonic 06, uh, attempt to do a reboot, do so badly that um, you backpedal. <laughs> Sonic 06 is the um, it's punching bag. It's the punching bag of the industry. Uh, everyone knows it's shit. Everyone knows it's rubbish. Um, but <laughs> it's rubbish it's okay, for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it's okay though. Um, for Sonic 06 fans, no fans, I like it in a sort of guilty pleasure way because it, it's just so funny. You're allowed. It's... You're allowed to like your. You're allowed to like things go, uh, that are guilty pleasures. I'm not going to judge you for it. It's, um, I can't hate 06, I just find it sort of like, it's so fun in a, I don't know, it's it's so bad it's good, it's like, because I love B-movie ga um, B movie games, no, B-movies anyway, Yeah. Like, I love so bad it's good, so Sonic 06 is just so bad it's good, but it's in a very amusing way, like, the voice acting's bad, the glitches are hilarious, I swear I get a new glitch every time. <laughs> It's like, so you never know what you're going to get. And there's so many questionable decisions in it. It's just, um, I don't know, it's entertaining from beginning to end. Look, I don't know what the, the team at Sega were thinking when they first made that game, but... It was a very troubled development, to be fair. I mean, that makes sense. That does make sense, actually. It does come through in the uh, in the game, obviously, with all the bugs and all that. It's um, kind of like making a lovely Victoria sponge cake, but then taking it out about halfway through the cooking time. And it's all a bit stodgy. Yeah, and then trying to take a bite out of it when it's not cooked properly. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty much 06. So good ideas, but not baked. Terrible execution, but great ideas. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. So there's certain things I like, that, like about it. Also, the soundtrack is great. And Mephilus is one of the best Sonic villains. 
You heard, her, you heard Hannah say it here first. Write your yes, angry fan mail to Hannah at the internet. <laughs> That's my address. <laughs> Let her have it. But uh, no, yes. I just mean, I only bring up 06 because I just think it's a funny example of a reboot. So I think what it was is the they saw the Sonic franchise as being a bit of a mess at the time. So like, oh, I know, let's um, you know, do a reboot, do the story from the beginning. Then they made more of a mess. It's uh, yeah. like they, it was very messy. They go all over the floor. So they sort of tidied that up, and now everything's canon. That's what they're going for now. Everything makes so, sense in its own little universe. Well, no, that's what I mean. They're going in the opposite direction now. Instead of doing the reboot, they're like, you know what? It's all canon. It's like, you know what? We'll start over again. <laughs> it all makes sense. Whatever. It's all canon. Yeah, let's not start all over again. You know, it's just everything happens somehow. But this contradicts that. No, it happened. It happened. You saw it. You played it. You know. Yes. Ugh. And yet I'm such a massive fan. You know what? Everyone, every, every game is going to have its fans. Even the worst ones and the great and the best ones are going to have their fans. Don't you dare call Sonic a bad game. Hey, I'm I just saying that. You. I'm just saying that the large majority of people don't like that game. Oh, what well, you mean? 06? I thought you meant yeah. franchise promotion. No, I, say, no. I, I love Sonic. Say, How dare say, you? We have major problems if you get something <laughs> bad like that. I love Sonic. Sonic. Sonic is the same age as me as well. That, That's I fine. Know, I, am I know that ages me now. Terrible things to you. <laughs> and literally within like a couple of months as well, he's the same age as me. Just saying, just putting it out there. That's fine. I said if you dislike Sonic, I was going to come over and do something very bad to you. Oh, I'm, I'm so, so glad. I can't even thought of it. <laughs> I'm so glad that um, I can stop that by saying I like Sonic. Um, I have nothing. I have no problem with Sonic at all. But Sonic 06 was a failure. Okay, that's, that's a fair statement. I, I can go with that. Um, I said, you know, don't diss my favourite franchise. Oh, no, no, I'm not dissing the franchise. I'm just dissing, that, just, just dissing that entry. But if you want to enjoy that entry, then you are welcome to do that. I'm not going to stop you. No, that's fine. I'm also going to enjoy Child of the Hedgehog. I'm glad we had this chat. <laughs> I, I am too. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, we, but we said bad reboots. Can we think of any good reboots? I mentioned it earlier on, but XCOM and Enemies Unknown was a really good reboot. That spawned a, um, an expansion and also a sequel as well, so that's a pretty good um, reboot that I can see. Another one that I've just thought of as well is Deuce X Max Mankind Divided. Divided. If I can get my words out, that would have been better. Um, Deuce X Mankind Divided. There we go. See, you got it that time. That's a good reboot as well. Although I would say that the boss battles are needed work when they first came out because of it was very much clear that the boss battles were much harder than the rest of the game. Obviously, a boss battle is supposed to be hard. I get that. But it did seem a little bit jarring compared to the rest of the game. It's fair. It's just... Because um, thinking on it, I swear reboots seem to get more messed up than remakes and remasters. Well, I think there's more, um, more opportunity. Wrong. There's more opportunity for things to go wrong because you're obviously starting, for, you're starting with a clean slate. So you can decide where you go with it. But then you're also responsible about where it ends and, like how it gets there that sort of thing yeah so I, I kind of like the um, the soft reboot um, tactic which um, obviously I mentioned that Crash Bandicoot effectively did that yeah did have another example but uh, not so oh that's right I kind of wonder if the Resident Evil remakes are acting as a bit of a soft reboot in a sense I like the, what they've done with it um, with the reboots of Resident Evil like 2 and 3 perfect mm. But I, I don't know if they're going to do this for every single entry now and try and like go back and reboot, remake um, everything. I don't think every every entry doesn't need it. 
4 doesn't really need it because I think 4 it's got the legacy status because it has been out for a while now actually but it's known for being a, an amazing game as is so I don't know if it really needs and warrants a, re a remake but again I've already mentioned this earlier on in the podcast I'm, I know I mean I'm referring to does it act as a soft reboot in a sense to like because obviously there's some story elements have changed and the remakes are 2 and 3 so I'm wondering if it's kind of trying to uh, modern modernize it for a modern audience like catch playing catch up basically for anyone who didn't play those games you know what yeah i get i get what you're trying to say there it does seem, definitely seem like that and that's probably a good thing that they are doing that but i don't want them to more be like connected. yeah more connected more kind of like it's more it flows better but i don't yeah. want them to like i don't want them to forget about what came beforehand as well because obviously they they're loved for their own reasons as well i said that's why we need to have more re-releases really so, so as much as I love remakes and remasters even though I'm still getting those two terms confused admittedly <laughs> I That's do fine. wish we got more ports sometimes I think it would be nice if we just had enhanced ports Like I'd like the fact that you can get the Final Fantasy 7 remake but you can also get a port of the original PS1 game but they've added a few new features to it yeah it changes the game but just things like um, you can turn off the random encounters for example like quality of life stuff and like some gameplay yeah. stuff as well those are the kind of things I want to see more often because sometimes it's a game that I really like as is and I just kind of want a very subtle improvement. Yeah, just like a little tweaking just to make it like a yeah. 10 out of 10 game. Exactly. But yeah, have you got anything else you'd like to add on that? Uh, I, don't know, I think I've pretty much exhausted my list of, um, of reboots and stuff like that and remakes and remasters. I can probably think of more games I like, but in terms of um, establishing points, I think I've covered it quite well. Because the main thing I really wanted to discuss in this episode was basically the, the thing of like, it's good to have remakes and remasters, but we need to preserve the original content. But I think there's room for both. Yeah, so both, basically both game preservation and also um, remastering it for a new audience, for a modern audience, for new systems. There's a place for both of it. Exactly, that's... Um exactly what I think and actually one last example which is Sonic because you know I can't seem to get away from my favourite franchise it's fine I'll, do... I'll allow it <laughs> you allow it I like that in Sonic Origins they just added widescreen for the old games that's a good example of enhanced ports I know it's like some of the fans are going to argue against me with certain things and Origins but there was, like, there was a few issues with the PC port of that game I think it's been patched out now it's probably, they'll probably have enough time for it yeah but generally speaking, I think it's more improvements than any new bugs or anything added to it. It's just like, it's such a simple change, but changing the aspect ratio from I think it's four by three to yeah. um, sixteen by nine, it's just really nice. It really frees up that screen real estate. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, probably it, it's one of those things that people won't necessarily realise. Go on going on with it, but like just having more screen space and it's just uh, just a extra little bit I don't know what I'm saying here um, I'm just agreeing with you <laughs> genuinely oh, no, sorry so I'm getting very technical on my you know what I want enhanced I thought I was going to add something to your conversation and I ended up just repeating what you said in a different way so we'll just skip that bit <laughs> oh, no, say, it's like, yeah. I'm just saying that's an effective way of doing a good port is just doing a, a very minor but really meaningful tweet and also they added in unlimited lives and things which doesn't make a difference to me 
because I've played these games so much I know them by the back of my so, head. I don't need your extra lives, I can do this on one. Uh, Pretty much actually. Um, I completed Sonic 2 within 45 minutes the other day during my Sonic 2 race. My friend, that was fun. Just bragging, just uh, not bragging, just, just facts. Just bragging. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> but um, I understand for some people having those unlimited lives makes the games more accessible because it means they don't have to go back from the beginning all the time. If, they, if it's a new player as well that didn't play them originally, exactly. it's helpful for them. So, more accessibility options, very minor tweaks, but it's still the same game that I've loved for years. It's just better. And that, in my opinion, is the ultimate port. The ultimate like remake, remaster, reboot yeah. will have those yeah. in, in mind. It'll have to be, it's basically what you liked beforehand, what you liked from the original game, improved, but and but more. Yeah. Exactly the same game, but more. Exactly. Now to finish the episode off, I'll um, sit up because I'm sliding. But um, as promised, I'll sing the safety save. Uh, first, uh, this is number first in at number one um, at the top of the pop's charts. This is Hannah, and this is the um, what's the name of the song again? Safety save. This is the safety save song. Everyone, just give her a big round of applause. Without without uh, further ado. Oh, you can save if you want to, you can leave your old files behind, because if you don't save when your file gets erased, well, that's no safe file of mine. <laughs> that was totally worth it, thank you. <laughs> and if you... I get sung every time my friend goes to save his game. <laughs> And if you would like more uh, ditties from uh, from Hannah, please let us know in the comments. Uh, if you wherever well, you're watching I, I this, I songs all the time. We'll, we might have a we might have a ditty for every single every single podcast that comes out after this. <laughs> well, you haven't listened to my rendition of Uptown Jill or Downtown Jill that I made up for Resident Evil Three. <laughs> and I, I know I'm, that a broken fin. I'm, you can I can sing it in my head. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could remember the lyrics of Uptown Jill now because it's quite funny. Uptown Jill. Oh, she's been surviving in a zombie's world. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is there any more? Please be the more. Um, there, there was more, but I'm trying to. It was, it's been a while since I've sung Uptown Jill. Maybe the audience can fit in the rest of the song for you. Uh, it's kind of like I have to think of the tune to the song, yeah. She's been surviving in a zombie's world. And she knows when they bite, she's got to shoot them in the eye, eye, eye. <laughs> oh, she's an uptown Jill. She's surviving in a zombie's world. <laughs> anyway, I won't do anymore. Woo! Encore, encore. <laughs> yeah, I'm so now, unfortunately, my audience, uh, our audience knows that I make up stupid songs. <laughs> And now they'll be requesting this every single episode. You no, are welcome. <laughs> no one needs to hear me sing. You just did it twice. They're going to hear it again. I can always cut it out. You won't cut it out. <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell. I just want to say thank you so much, guys, for all your support um, in the previous episodes and this one as well. We do really do thank appreciate you it. Um, no, it's always much appreciated. I really love doing these, and I know Hannah loves doing these too. It's really good fun. It's, 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 it's cool. I really like these. Um, so I hope we can do more in the future. We've got a couple of them planned for the future as well. But if you've got any ideas for ideas or any topics for podcasts in the future, please let us know. 
um, and we might be able to incorporate a few of them for you. I'm sure we can do that, and perhaps we'll be having some other guests on soon. Oh, that would be nice. It is the uh, month of love uh, coming up, so maybe we can get somebody in, uh, some friends and some family, mate. Not family, some friends and some. Uh, um... I hope your husband isn't your family, Finn. That's a big bombshell. That would be a very big bombshell at the end of the podcast, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I'll re I'll redo that one. I'll remake that. It's fine. Let me just try again. Okay, so remake that. Do a reverse. Do a reverse sound effect. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, what was I saying? Your husband is going to be in the next episode, hopefully. That's what. Times. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, you, you did so much better than I did. I just made an absolute balls up of that. Um, yeah. It's because we share one brain cell. Only one of us can talk properly. <laughs> Apparently, you can see the evidence of it tonight. Um, but yeah, so. The next episode, we're going to try and get out for uh, February or March time, but it will be a Valentine special, so Ash will hopefully be in that stream as well. A stream. Podcast. I need to get to bed, Hannah. <laughs> Sorry. But this is very funny. <laughs> this is like, I've, I've balls up twice now. Yes, yeah, so basically, Ash will be on the next podcast if we can get him, and uh, is one of your friends going to be on part of it too? Hello. I am hoping to get one of my friends involved as well because one of my friends really wants to be involved in the podcast and I'm sure they know who they are. You know who you are. It could be I, you. That didn't mean to sound so threatening. <laughs> you made it sound like one of the national lustries. Like, it could be you. And you got a gun to the head. <laughs> Please don't do that in the next podcast. <laughs> I won't. It's going to be a really lovely podcast. I think it will be as well, yeah. I think all Ash's conversations on the podcast so far have been like, Hi. Okay, I'm going now. <laughs> so it'd be nice to kind of get him in there, and, and it'd be nice to obviously speak to your friend as well. And kind of get a nice dynamic like there. Ready. I think it's going to be a really chill episode. But anyway, we need to finish up before our one brain cell completely collapses and we're completely unable to talk anymore. We need a break, guys. We need a break. You're, you're smothering us, and we need our space. <laughs> Ah, you lot are fine, don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, that concludes this episode of the Small Button Podcast. I've been Hannah. I have been Finn. And we'll catch you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.